Welcome to the Spartan Life, where we explore what it means to be part of the Southern Lehigh family and attempt to cover all of the sweet, sweet goodness that is Southern Lehigh High School in 30 minutes or less. From firsthand coverage of exciting experiences to intimate discussions with some of your favorite teachers to inspirational interviews with diverse students on unique journeys. That's right. Great students accomplishing great feats. We'll do our best to hit all of the highlights. But inevitably, we will fail. Because there's so much to celebrate, we're afraid your brains would simply melt if we tried to cover it all. We are your hosts. I'm Mr. Howe. And I'm Mr. Castagna. Join us as we venture into the heart of Southern Lehigh High School, one interaction at a time on The The Spartan Spartan Life. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of The Spartan Life. I'm recording this at homecoming. And when I say homecoming... I don't mean the game, because nobody's allowed to go to the game. It's the players, it's the band, it's the cheerleaders, and then it's all of their parents. That's it. So I'm at the homecoming screening event at the high school with a group of students who are watching the game on two giant inflatable screens. And we've got hot dogs, and there's music, and everybody's having a good time. But I needed a co-host for this episode, and Mr. Halp, my usual companion, was not available. And I had this student in my advisory who's been begging to be on the Spartan Life for the last two years, and he seemed like he could handle it. So here he is. I'll let him introduce himself. How are you? Good. Thanks for having me. I can barely hear you over these crowds. You know that? Uh, it's deafening. Everybody is There's so excited. thousands of people here. So many people. This is my co-host, Jacob Paw. Uh, so, Jacob, uh, I'm glad to have you on the show. You wanted to be on the show. You seemed like you had a good sense of humor. We'd have some good banter. And now we get to try that out. So how does it feel being on The Spartan Life? Yeah, thank you. It actually is really exciting. It's kind of weird, though. It's not at all how I pictured it because I'm wearing a big mask on my face. Yeah, let's talk about masks because I think they're on everybody's faces and they're on everybody's minds. Now that we're back to hybrid and half the students are in the building every day, we're wearing masks while we're teaching and learning. And uh, we got to talk about mask etiquette. Absolutely. So what have you observed with mask etiquette? Well, it's, I mean, it's not honestly as terrible as I thought it was going to be. But, like, it's, there's a lot more to talk about. Like, what happens if you sneeze into your mask in the middle of the day and have to sit in it all day? What do do you do? You're just stuck. You Mm got to live with whatever's under that mask. Plus, you get the suspicious looks of everybody else in the classroom (laughs) because they're afraid you're carrying deadly diseases. Right, and they just saw that big cloud of snot. And now you have to just have that snot under your mask and you got to smile about it. Speaking of smiling, I guess you don't actually have to smile about it because nobody knows if you're smiling anyway. Yeah. I mean, I've been walking around and whenever I felt the need to smile, I'd like squint really hard and like portray a smile. I've heard that called smizing, smiling with your eyes so that somebody has some idea that you're smiling. Uh, But I wear glasses. So I'm wearing one of the bigger masks because I need it to crawl all the way up to the bridge of my nose so I can tuck it under my glasses so they don't fog up, which means two-thirds of my face is completely concealed by a mask and nobody has any idea what expression I'm wearing. I've noticed sometimes during class your glasses start to drift down a little bit. You kind of give off librarian vibes a little bit. Oh, like 1940s librarian, like I should have my hair in a bun and I should own Tweety Bird? Like in a good way, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's a good way to be that? I had no idea. 
but uh, there are good ways to wear a mask. Uh, one thing I've noticed is you got to speak up. Some of my students have tried to whisper to me when they're yeah. asking questions about a test. And I cannot, I'm trying to keep distance. I can't hear them and they're afraid to speak up because they don't want to be the one asking the question or they're afraid like, well, I don't want to ask a question that gives an answer away to another student, but you got to speak up under the mask. And that's so frustrating because you literally can't read their lips or anything. And then you tell them to speak up and they, they already thought they were speaking loudly. Like I remember in your class, there was a girl who I think we told her to speak up like three times and she was still talking and I had no idea what she was saying. Yeah. And then you like, you, you instinctively move a little closer and then you remember I can't move closer. So then you move away and it just gets awkward. And, uh, it's kind of like talking to my father. My father hit an age and his ears just stopped working and he refused to go get hearing aids. So he would go through whole conversations, just yesing you to death. And he had no idea what you were talking about. <laughs> Be like, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. You just pray it's not a question, right? That's it. Yeah, because then you get busted. Yeah. Uh, so what else? Uh, it's hard to drink water. As a teacher, I like to stay hydrated because I'm always using my voice. Uh, and it's easy to get a sore throat as a teacher because you're really going like hardcore all the time. You don't want to be the guy lifting his mask to take a sip of water during the day. You definitely get some stares for that. But also over the summer, I started drinking coffee a lot. And now I bring it to school and... My mask smells like coffee all day, and it drives me up a wall. Coffee breath. Not good under a mask. Not good under a mask. I've kind of fixed it with gum, I've noticed. Ah, but chewing gum under a mask, very difficult. The mask moves around, it exposes your nose, and then the gum loses its flavor. And if you're in the middle of an 80-minute class, you can't just pull that mask down and spit the gum out into the trash can. So you're stuck with gum that has no flavor, chewing that thing for another 45 minutes. I think one class I did a, uh, a ninja bit where I like quickly threw my mask down through the gum and back up and no one noticed. No one saw oh it? Gosh, yeah. Good for you. Good, good for you keeping it on the DL. Uh, my wife makes really good hummus, but it's really heavy on the garlic. So I'm sitting at lunch the other day and we only get 30 minutes now. We had a luxurious 45 minutes when we were on the remote model. Yeah, and just... Now we're back to 30 minutes. We should probably talk about what it's like in the cafeteria. I haven't been in there, but I've it heard some horror very stories. Strange. Yeah. But I'm rushing to finish in the 30 minutes that I have and actually try to enjoy some conversation with my colleagues. Next thing I know, I got to go running back to class. I just finished this hummus, which is really heavy on the garlic. Put the mask back on, run into my classroom, start class and realize I have made a terrible mistake because the taste of my own breath is something I almost could not stand. No, I can get that completely. Is there anything else you've eaten that has been problematic with a mask? Well, I work at the, uh, the Inside Scoop, and occasionally, you know, you have to taste the ice creams because you're staring at it the entire shift. And I would imagine that's tempting. You get hungry, and you see as you walk around the building that everyone on their mask has, like, little chocolate stains on their mask or little ice cream stains just from eating it. And it's honestly, it's, it's gross, and you can, like, smell it after if you don't wash your mask, which... I'm not really sure what the norm is with that. Like, do you think a lot of these people are washing their masks every night? Are you washing your mask every night? I have a rotation. I you have, have a rotation. Like That's 10 good. 10 masks. That's very good. My wife told me the other day I should be washing my mask like every three days. And I looked at her and I said, I haven't taken this mask off in three <laughs> weeks. God knows what's living on it. Well, I worked at, I also worked at the country club and I was a, a food runner and we had to wear a mask from the grill to the table and the, uh, the smoke from the grill would catch in the mask. So your mask would actually smell really, really good, but then it would like linger for days. 
and I, I never washed that mask the entire summer. You can have too much of a good thing, apparently. Uh, and another thing we're getting too much of is just like sweat and heat and nastiness under the mask. And uh, I don't know about you, Jacob, but uh, I'm starting to get what I'm calling maskne, which is acne from my mask. Has this happened to you? Not yet, but I'm sure <laughs> soon it will. Um, but I like uh, the Zoom meetings because you don't have to wear a mask. Ah, that's a good point. Uh, it is hard to teach in a mask. I didn't have to wear one when we were just doing Zoom all the time. But there's an etiquette to Zoom as well. So let me get a student's perspective on this. Some teachers use a waiting room. Some do not. I do not. I have upperclassmen. I expect a certain level of maturity from them. And so far, uh, they, have, uh, they have been respectful, and I have not had any issues in not having a waiting room. Should I have a waiting room? What are some things we need to consider with a waiting room? I've definitely heard a few stories around the school of people like leaking the Zoom password around the internet. Have teachers gotten Zoom bombed? I think so, by like the massive internet of like random strangers. So I should probably not advertise that I probably don't not have advertise a room. that. Yeah, let's forget I said that, everybody. <laughs> Uh, but I've, I've heard uh, students talking about how they get to a class early and they just sit in the waiting room for like 15 minutes. Which I don't is see that as awkward. a bad thing. I just, yeah. I never fault a guy for showing up early to class. Uh, I also don't fault a guy for bringing his pet to class. Do you have a pet, Jacob? I do. Sometimes he makes frequent uh, visits on my meetings. So what kind of pet do you have? I have a uh, silver lab. His name is Griffin. They are beautiful animals. He's gorgeous, but he's super rambunctious and needs lots of attention. Uh, What's the worst thing you've seen from a pet on Zoom? Oh, I really don't watch other people's cameras, though. That's an interesting question, because I find myself sometimes, especially when it's a small group, like maybe I'm working with two students during office hours, I find myself looking at myself way more than I should. And I don't know why that is. And I've talked to other teachers who are doing... We became self-conscious when we went to Zoom for some reason. I totally have the same thing. <laughs> but it, I think it's a good way. I get, like, obsessed with how I'm looking. Yeah. And, like, I don't even... The gallery view, I never mess with. I always have it in, like, I pin the teacher to the front. Smart. And I usually turn my camera off nowadays. So why are students turning their cameras off? Uh, give me some of the psychology behind that. Why do you do it? I feel like it's less things you have to worry about. Like, if I want to put my head on the table. I don't want to be, like, judged or if I'm eating cereal. Um, also, I don't like it being called on. I have a question for you, though. Have you ever been in an awkward situation with a student, like, by yourself or with a couple students where, like, you don't know how to exit the conversation? Oh, that has definitely happened. Matter of fact, I was working with two students today. They came in during office hours. We were talking about a presentation they had done in class. And then the three of us kind of at the same time, I think, realized we were done with the conversation. But it's not like real life where there's body language and gestures and you can like alter your voice a little bit to suggest things are winding down. No, on Zoom, you're still staring right into the person's soul. So you literally have to say something like, I'm finished speaking now, goodbye. And nobody knows how to be that person or to do it politely because we're literally learning entirely new skills that we've never had any practice with. I've noticed with having like I know in uh, a couple of my classes, I've joined early a few times and had like, um, not your class, of course, but I've had very painfully awkward conversations that I'm so afraid. And now I just try to avoid where if I come early, I turn my camera off right away or I make sure I join on time. Yeah. As a teacher, I don't know what the etiquette is for the first student who shows up in the Zoom. 
they're looking at their laptop, you're looking at your laptop. Now, they're probably not looking at me. They're, they probably look at their screen, they're looking at, uh, you know, they've, they've moved the zoom over and now they're looking at their email or something along those lines. But it seems like we're staring at each other. Yeah, it certainly does not feel that way. Yeah, and, and when kids are physically coming into my classroom, I stand in the hall, I say hello, they walk in. There's no compelling need for us to have a long conversation. But with Zoom, I, I, I don't want to start the conversation because I'm getting ready for class, but I feel compelled to talk to the student who's staring into my soul. It's awkward. What about when everyone leaves? Do you feel like... Most students try to reach out and say goodbye because I know in the classroom setting that's huge because you feel like you can't walk past the teacher without saying goodbye, but on Zoom you just press the leave button. I, I still find a fair number of students waving and saying goodbye, and like you said, they feel compelled to do that. They feel like they need to do that, um, and I don't know if it's a brownie point thing or like I want the teacher to remember. I want him to know that I got something out of this lesson, but when everybody unmutes themselves and talks at the same time, they all cancel each other out, and I have no idea who's saying what anyway. Right. Yeah, but it's kind of awkward. So, you know, it's a brave new world. We've got to consider mask etiquette and manners on Zoom. It's pretty wild. But we are not here tonight just to talk about mask etiquette and Zoom. We get enough of that day in, day out, Monday through Friday. We are here for homecoming. So to kind of break down and handicap our homecoming nominees, talk about their chances of taking home the crown, we have actually brought along Jake's Bandmates. Jake is in a band. What is the name of your band, Jake? Yeah, we're called the Red Shelled Turtles. The Red Shelled Turtles. They have just recorded their first song. It is a fantastic song called Yellow. We're going to talk a lot about that. Uh, but we brought in his bandmates who are going to join the show now to help us talk a bit about the nominees for Homecoming Court. And then we'll do a proper interview and learn a bit more about the Red Shelled Turtles. So we have with us now Stephen Ambrose. Hi, I'm lead guitar. And Luke Tesh. Hey, I uh, sing and I do rhythm guitar. All right. And before we talk about the band, I'd like to welcome you guys to the show and get your thoughts on everybody's chances tonight for homecoming. So we will start with the gentlemen. We've got Gavin Beeler, Alec DeCesare, Logan Shorb, Luca Prando, and Jack Zeitz. So uh, who wants to jump in? Who do you think is the odds-on favorite for taking home the well, crown? Personally, I'm Team Gavin. Um, I think he's got a good shot, a lot of friends, so we'll see. I think Jack Zeiss is going to win, but I feel like Luca has the younger vote because he is a sister. She's a freshman, I believe. So I feel like he'd get a lot of votes from that, but I still think Jack Zeiss is going to win. Yeah, honestly, with the, uh, the virtual classes, I'm not really sure, but I'm a huge rooter for the underdog, so I voted for Jack. Absolutely. Do you think J you see Jack is an underdog? I do completely because I feel like not everyone knows him as well as they should, but I think he's a really cool guy, really nice and deserves to win. Incredibly nice. We've had Jack on the Spartan Life before. I love talking to Jack. He's the kind of guy that nobody has a negative thing to say about. He's so nice. So nice. So it's almost you're compelled to vote for him, um, even though he isn't your traditional homecoming king. When you think of homecoming king, you don't think of a guy like Jack Zeitz, and that kind of does make him the underdog. I kind of like that, though. It's kind of like favoring the brains. I agree. I, honestly, I'd put him at the two-to-one, two to, two to one, hands-down favorite. Yeah, I, I think, think he's going to win, yeah. Yeah. All right, so we're all pulling for Jack Zeitz. Uh, how about the ladies? We've got Kaya Mobley, Megan Inglis, Taya Lakatos, Gabby Sisselberger, and Holly Walters. See, this one I think is going to be a bit closer. Any Total thoughts crapshoot. on any of that? I have no idea who's yeah, going to win. Yeah, it could be anybody, right? No clue. A lot, a lot of strong students. 
uh, a lot of well-known names there. Um, uh, the problem I'm having is that we started this year uh, going remote. So there are some of these people, I have no idea who they are mm-hmm. or they're in my class, but I couldn't even tell you what they look like. Uh, or I just met them this week when we finally came back into the building. That must have been weird. It was very weird. It was like the first, uh, you guys probably experienced it as well. You felt that it was like the first day of school all over weird. again. Have yeah, you ever met really anyone only wearing a mask? And then like throughout the relationship, they pull down the mask and they have a completely different face. Yeah, it's like you work. can't trust them anymore. I saw that happened at work and this guy, I, I had this completely, you know, like I thought he was going to look like something, but then he pulled down his mask completely and he was just somebody else. I was like, who are you? <laughs> the <laughs> guy at work was hiding a soul patch under there. Wow, you had no idea. Super grown out. No idea. Well, do you guys realize I have a full beard now? We can see it. Oh, you can see it. Well, it's like underneath it. Yeah, it's it's there. Okay. And they'll never know if you shave or not. But it's right. Yeah, they'll never know. Maybe (laughs) just wearing a bigger mask. Outline of your mask. Yeah, just shave it that way. Keep the underbeard. Shave everything else. Everything else will go. Yeah, do you think November will even be a trend this year? Because you have no idea if someone grows a beard out or not. You're going to have to, like, grow your hair out or something like that. (laughs) See-through mask. I've been doing that for a while now, though. (laughs) Yeah, I I haven't mentioned it, uh, but, uh, you know, we talked about, Jacob, getting lost in the Zoom and looking at yourself. Uh, It's working for you. Your hair looks amazing. (laughs) Luke, you as well. Steve, you you got a more traditional haircut. but uh, (laughs) Well, Steven shaved his head right for swimming season. And he has Mm -hmm. a tough time growing hair. He will be bald in a few years. Yeah. Uh, no. <laughs> Why do we have to talk about that? <laughs> we don't have to talk about any of that. We can move on. Uh, let's do a proper interview. Let's talk about your band, guys. Like, awesome. here's a chance to promote yourselves. How did the band start? The Red Shelled Turtles. Long before you were the Red Shelled Turtles. Wow. What a how story. did this all start? When did it start? Uh, how did you learn your instruments? Take us back to the beginning. Well, from my point of view... Uh, it was me and Luke. We both played guitar. This was the beginning of high school. Yeah, it was like eighth grade. Eighth grade, mm-hmm. beginning of high school. We didn't really have many friends. It was just me and Luke against the world. And then we were like, we need some a bassist, we need a drummer, we need a pianist. So we started reaching out to people, and I knew Z- I, I knew Jake, and I was like, hey, uh, you play drums. We should uh, we should join a bit. Ba- you should join our band. He approached me super awkwardly, by the way. Ooh. It sounds like, kind of awkward. So you guys were like bandmates before you were friends. You guys right. needed a I didn't really know him that well. You brought your point. drum set and you put it in my basement. That's it was right. There for like oh my six god! Months. The first time I met you guys, yeah. I pulled up with my drum set. My my dad's car was packed with like to the full, the max with a drum set, and it took like at least an hour and a half to set up. <laughs> and it was like a five man job. I remember this. And it was exhausting. <laughs> I still think you have like a symbol like in the I basement. Do, I do. I hopefully because I don't know where it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, what did you guys know about him? Like you knew he played the drums. Did you know if he was any good? Oh, I, I had no idea who Jake was. No, nope, it was no me. Clue. Who was your other option? Was <laughs> Actually, it Maxwell? Wait, no, I think we had daycare together, like <laughs> like mom's group when we were oh, like five that- years old. <laughs> Yeah. So you said an hour and a half to set up the drums? It took forever because I didn't know how to do it because I had just gotten this drum set. <laughs> and after all of that, you could have been terrible for all they knew. I think I was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> we, weren't, we weren't much better. Though. Okay, yeah. so you were all terrible yeah, we were in all the beginning. Bad. Well, how did you guys learn to play? Did you take formal lessons? Did you play for the school? Guess and check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I was just... I grew up with the musical mom, and she taught me how to play That's the cello. Right. But she's in, like, orchestra. Yeah, she, she's yeah. in the Lehigh Orchestra. So I, I, I grew up playing the cello, and I was like, this is really lame. So <laughs> I want to play guitar. So then uh, my mom bought a guitar for me, and then I just started strumming around. Do you remember? What was the first song we learned how to play? Oh, 
it was um, was it learning, learning to fly? Learning to fly by Tom Petty. I remember your dad would come downstairs and sing along to it because we didn't have we a didn't microphone. have a microphone, <laughs> so it was literally just like strumming lead guitar and uh, drums. And at this point, it was that so it was just all that, instrumental, was and none that, of us knew the song that well, so yeah. it was more of a guess of what was happening. It was like we got thirty seconds of it, and then we kind of just like repeat it over and over <laughs> again. It was on a loop. We were yeah. playing Garage Band in real life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know that's an easy song to learn because I play the guitar a little bit. I am not good at all and that's one of like the dozen songs that I know it's four chords mm. so it's nice and easy yep but Learning the what was the first song that you guys learned where you actually looked at each other and you said wait a minute we actually kind of know how to play we've got something here well we got Steven's sister's microphone because she'd been away she'd she been in like Spain or something either right? Spain or I don't know Antarctica one of the other places that's not Pennsylvania. She, she goes a lot of places. But anyway, she brought it back, and then we actually had a tripod. That microphone made such a difference. Oh my God, mm-hmm. yeah. The funny part was, though, it wasn't a microphone stand. It was a camera stand. Yeah, and I tied the, the microphone around it until it got tight enough so I could, it. Like, was perfectly it. balanced, yeah. but if you touched it, it fell off. Yeah, so, like, like, five times, whenever we, we'd, like, play, it would fall down, and then it would, like, catch all the other amps, and it would just make a buzzing noise. Yeah. It was terrible. But, like that screeching yeah. feedback sound. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, never a good sound. Definitely a, a yeah. buzzkill for a no, song. No. <laughs> yeah. Jake's but electric drum set. What was, was the song good. that you guys learned when you got that uh, microphone stand? Good to be King by Tom Petty. Yeah, so you guys are big Petty fans, huh? Well, I was. Steven. It's mostly Steven. Yeah. yeah. What about the rest of you? What are some of your inspirations? I'm a huge Cage Elephant fan. I like Red Hot Chili Peppers. And Red Hot Chili Peppers. Red Hot Chili Peppers. I love the Chili Peppers. Tell me more about the Chili Peppers, Luke. Like, do you have a favorite song, favorite album, favorite era? I like Scar Tissue. Scar Tissue is great. Yeah, Man, Californication's a great yeah. album. Mm. Yes, Stadium uh, Arcadium is. Stadium Arcadium. When they put that double album yeah. out, I was like, this is the greatest thing. I just listened to it again and again. It has and like again everything. It has everything, everything you want to listen to. Something. Yeah. yeah. What's cool about the Chili Peppers is they have a well known bass player. There are very few bands where you can name the bass player, mm. uh, including yours because you guys don't have a bass player right we do not so you guys don't have a bass player but you just recorded your first official song it's a song called yellow there is bass on the track so how is that happening it is all computer yeah well our so plan we, well all plan is but the the bass is computer we okay. went to this yeah. studio and the guy had like this amazing expensive um software where he could manipulate whatever we played he could put bass on and it was amazing yeah, I, I think at, at this point we should probably play a clip of the song so everybody can hear what we're talking about. extremely polished like I've had students share like hey Mr. Castagna here's a song I wrote you should check it out and I always like hold my breath and I'm thinking how do I not break this kid's heart when I have to tell him this sounds terrible (laughs) Jacob shared with me and I was like all right here we go and we were on zoom so I can mute myself and and I could put a mask on and like cover my reaction there but you were playing it just on your computer yes and I listened, and, and I, right away I was like, wait a minute. I, I thought he sent me the wrong file because it sounded like a professionally <laughs> recorded song. Uh, so the production quality is very high, uh, and, and the melody is really catchy, and all the parts come together very effectively. So where'd the song come from? <laughs> that's, a, that's another funny story. Yeah, like what's your process? How do you guys write songs? What's your process? I wasn't even there no. when we first started. I think so it, you guys it just talk. turns from us messing around yeah. and slowly... 
gets more and more organized. Yeah. And so then I think this was a fluke, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, probably it was a fluke. But basically, it worked. We were at our our friend's house, Nolan Russo. He uh, <laughs> he goes to Central Catholic. We were sitting in his basement, and we were jamming a little bit. And I throw down uh, a chord progression. Jake throw down, throws down a beat. And then Nolan goes, let's, let's, uh, let's sing. And then we ask, what are we going to sing about? And Jake was wearing a bright yellow shirt. I love that shirt. I think I've seen that shirt. You've definitely <laughs> worn it to advisory before. And Probably. <laughs> <laughs> we started making fun of him about how he was just wearing a yellow shirt without anything on it. There's nothing wrong and with yellow. he just yellow rhymes like, words with yellow. Yeah. yeah, he's just spitting out random words at one point, too. He's like, this drawer is yellow. And then we, we played it again at my house with Luke there. And he was without like, without Nolan. Oh, I have lyrics. And we just. I just like wrote lyrics down and then it, we just changed it sometimes and kind of worked. I don't know. All right. They are definitely not doing this song full justice. Uh, <laughs> they're saying like we saw a yellow shirt so we just said hey that shirt's yellow and these are the lyrics uh, the lyrics almost like the chili peppers the lyrics are inconsequential yeah they <laughs> like mean they, absolutely nothing they, they mean yeah. nothing they suit the melody uh, but the melody is fantastic and the musicianship is really good Ambrose there's a guitar solo in the middle of it you Amazing. wrote that solo Yeah, um, so basically, when we would just rehearse, I would just, you know, do a little solo, and uh, every time we would rehearse, I would add to it a little bit, yeah, and I would critique it, it and like change it up, and then before we recorded, I sat down, and I just polished it out, so that's, that's you know. And it was cool to be able to sit down and hear that progress day to day, and like, it gets longer. I remember he was explaining to us when we were recording it that he wrote a new part where he had two parts that he wrote, but he needed to connect them. And in the song, you can hear it when he's just going down the scale, and it's one of my favorite parts of the song. Ooh, I'll have to listen for that specifically next time I listen to the song. Uh, now, when I listened to it, I right away heard some inspirations of yours, at least I thought. It reminded me of a couple of songs. And when I brought it up to you, Ambrose, you mentioned the very song I was thinking of. So what were you inspired by? What would you model um, it around? So... I heard the song uh, I Lost My Head by who, who is that song is that the from? Pixies oh it's the Pixies it's Where Is My Mind oh Where Is Pixies. My Mind yeah. uh, it plays at the, the end of Fight Club so uh, there's a reference for you <laughs> if any of you movie. don't know the song and but you've seen Fight Club I, uh, I like the chords I like the chord progression um, but then I started playing I was like I don't really like it so I switched a couple chords around and then that's where Yellow came came from you know it also sounded a little like Weezer's sweater song do you guys know the sweater song yeah yeah, yeah. It's a good yeah sounded a little like that as well but yeah it's got a really cool vibe it doesn't sound like music that's being made today it sounds a little bit more it's very vintage like yeah. mid late 90s yeah it's got a really yeah. cool sound are you guys working on anything now or try we try yeah. uh, we're gonna keep that on the low but we do have a few songs in the mix alright mm. and uh, who's working on the lyrics for those Luke I is that am, your department but I I'm He's They're going to be better than last time. So like what topics are you eager to explore lyrically? I think we're going to go out and make some amazing stories and then talk about yeah. them. Yeah. Nice. So Luke's going to try and throw love in there. He always does. Yeah, I'll, I'll, throw, I'll try to make it a love song every time. Yeah. Has your heart been broken into a million pieces yet? 
I don't think so. I think it's pretty good right now, right? Wait till it does, and then you'll get an album's worth of songs (laughs) out of that heartbreak. I hate my life. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for talking to me about Red Shell Turtles. We're going to put a link in the show notes uh, to your band on Spotify so people can check you guys out. Cool. It's on uh, every uh, streaming service, too. Okay, streaming everywhere. Red Shelled with an E-D on the end. Red Shelled Turtles. Turtle. 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 Oh, I got this all wrong. There's, only one, there's only one of turtle. us. There is nearly one turtle. All right. No bass player, one turtle. Yeah, just a turtle. All right. The turtle so, is uh, the bass player. That's about it. That's all we have for you. Coming to you from Homecoming on Homecoming Night. We're going to find out shortly yeah, who who's going to take the crown. We're all pulling for Jack Zeitz. We think, he, we think he's the odds-on favorite. So uh, thank you guys for joining us. Jacob, you want to close it out with me? Uh, how was your first experience on the Spartan Life? It was great. I had a blast. I love that my friends were here, too. So uh, we'll wrap up this episode, and maybe we'll call it a Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. that's good. All right, so uh, don't forget to wear your masks, everybody, and thanks for listening to The Spartan Life. We're going to play you out with our song. It's just in the winner of Homecoming King, Jack Zeitz. Way to go, Jack! Woohoo!